Attracting more tourists than even New York City, Orlando is a top global destination and the fastest growing metro area in Florida. While it's nearly impossible to think of Orlando without thinking of its iconic theme parks, the city hosts hundreds of conferences and conventions each year, also making it a top business travel destination. Today, we will be focusing on four signature Orlando hotels that are great for vacationers and business travelers alike. We will also be interviewing Orlando resident and James Beard-nominated chef Kevin Fonzo. We are very excited to explore this great American city on this episode of Destination Everywhere, Orlando. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Destination Everywhere. I'm Andy McNeil, along with Todd Bloodworth, and we're so excited to bring you Orlando, Florida, a place that we've been many, many times over the years as both native Floridians. Yeah, you go there a lot when you live in Florida. It was originally called, do you know what it was called, Todd? Well, it was originally called Yernigan. 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 Are you saying that right? Yernigan or Yernigan? I'm going to say Yernigan, but it probably is Yernigan. Yep. But it was after Aaron Jernigan or Yernigan, who was an early settler. But then gotcha. there's a couple of theories as to why it's named Orlando. Yeah. So let me let me throw them out. You throw see. out what you've heard. Yeah. So I've heard that it is from the words orange and land, meaning the land of oranges. And I've also heard that it was from a corporal or Seminole Indian Wars, Orlando Reeves. And it was named after Orlando Reeves. Which one do you think it is? Well, it was actually renamed in 1857 to honor Orlando Reeves, okay. who was an army sentry killed during the Seminole Wars. So, yes, but it kind of makes sense. The Orland, Orange Land. Yeah, uh, it does make nice sense, right? You know, it is, it is a hub for the citrus industry. If you drink orange juice in the morning, it's probably coming in the winter from central Florida. But in the late 1800s, there was a huge freeze and it actually caused most of the crops to move somewhat south, but there's still lots of uh, citrus in central Florida. It's everywhere. When you go down the turnpike, you see it all over the place. Well, and there's also Gatorland and Gatorland is the city's first theme park actually. And it predates Disney by 30 years. It actually, Gatorland opened in 1949 and is still open today. So yeah, that's, that's one place I've never been. Have spot. you been? I haven't been. I've never been. And we would always, when we would go to Orlando, we always drove because there were three kids. And then I tell this story all the time about Orlando, especially when I, we take the kids is I didn't even get to say in the theme parks, you know, because it was expensive. So we would either say in Kissimmee or at my grandmother's house, which was. Or is, or is it Kissimmee? <laughs> that's another good one. <laughs> I've always said Kissimmee, but yeah, I've always uh, said Kissimmee, but I like saying Kissimmee because it sounds like Kissimmee. And so, yeah, so we always had to get up early and then leave the park early to beat traffic. But it also wasn't until 1971 when Disney opened its doors that the city really, really started to flourish as a major tourist destination. So, yeah, and I actually was lucky enough. I was very young at the time, but 1971, I was actually there the first year that Disney opened up his door. We got we live in West Palm Beach and got to be there very early on. So that's really, really exciting. So our guest today and our next guest that Todd's going to talk to is Chef Kevin Fonzo. Todd, tell us a little bit about him. Chef Kevin is, he is a local Floridian. He lives in Orlando and he's a James Beard nominated chef. So great conversation. So we're going to be right back with Chef Kevin Fonzo. Welcome to Destination Everywhere with hospitality and travel entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. 
Having traveled to over 100 countries, Todd and Andy bring you unique perspectives with celebrities in the know, hospitality experts, and native connoisseurs to discover must-dos and inspirational destinations to plan your next trip for business or pleasure. So pack your bags and get ready as we bring you Destination Everywhere with Todd and Andy. Hello, everyone. Here are some highlights from my interview with Chef Kevin Fonzo. We hope you enjoy. And so, Kevin, you owned K Restaurant for 14 years in Orlando. And just a little bit about K Restaurant. I'm going to talk about these accolades that you got, which were pretty fantastic. And one of the coolest being Neighborhood Gem. I just I like that title. And I think it just sounds all things local if it's a neighborhood gem. But it was also a best restaurant in Orlando one of America's top restaurants in Zagat. Uh, the restaurant was featured in Bon Appetit magazine, Nation Restaurant News, Orlando Leisure, Florida Trend. I mean, it goes on and on. And you're also Orlando's Dining Hall of Fame from Orlando magazine. So tell us a little bit about K Restaurant and how it started and kind of what your vision was for it. All right. So we got K Restaurant in the year 2001. It's a family-owned restaurant. Myself, parents, and siblings kind of got together and built this uh, beautiful establishment. Uh, so my vision when I first opened up K was not one of being a food factory or a, a huge international destination. My main focus or goal was to be, like you mentioned, that neighborhood gem, that location where locals can go buy for a great meal, great conversation, great wine. That was the main goal. And luckily, with the sort of I had a, a tremendous team working with me at K Restaurant over the years, but I guess the food was so good, the service was great that the word got out to the tourists coming to Orlando and also the international um, traveler that downtown Orlando had a good restaurant. So right. in a couple of years, we became an extremely busy restaurant in the heart of College Park, probably um, one of the busiest ones. And we had guests drive, like driving from Disney down to College Park to attend dinner there. So they would hop in their car for like two or three days in Disney and drive 40 minutes for a meal at a restaurant. Well, let's, let's talk about another accolade that you received. You were honored by the James Beard Foundation in 2010, being nominated for Best Chef Southeast. Mm-hmm. And you've actually been invited three times to cook at the James Beard House in New York City. What was that experience like for you? That was incredible. So the first year going there, this is huge weight of going to James Beard House, right? People see this and go, oh my God, it's like the, the, the echelon of cooking experiences, the awards, the Oscars of the food world. So my first time going there, I'll be totally honest, I was a nervous wreck. Like the night before my stomach was doing the flips and stuff. And so I get there with my other chefs I invited from Orlando to cook. And like five minutes out the gate, I cut my finger, which I never do, right? So it's, I'm a nervous wreck. I, I cut my finger cutting like an onion or something simple. So that was wrapped up, had to put that aside, have a glass of wine, numb the pain, and then went from there. But I tell you what, it was one of the most rewarding experiences I've ever done. Just the teamwork of the James Beard House was insane. The people helping you. There was so much history as you walked the hallways and corridors with James Beard himself, who lived there. It was actually his home for many years. So, And you're, you're looking at some of the, the best of the best in New York City when you're dining there, right? So it was a great experience. So I went back three times. And what I tried to do was bring local chefs with me from Orlando, mm-hmm. Orlando dining scene. But then I got nominated for Best Chef Southeast, which was a huge, huge feather on my cap. In Orlando, how would you describe the food scene? Well, you know, let me give you an overview of Orlando, first of all. So Orlando is both a curse and a blessing. Orlando is a tale of three cities, right? So we have the Disney Resort area, which is far from downtown Orlando proper. So 
that area, we have some of the, the best world-class hotels and resorts you'll see anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. So we have the theme parks out there. We have some great restaurants. But in the restaurants now, we have a lot of great chefs and restaurants gearing up for locals. So if you happen to be like in the Disney area, I'm a huge friend excuse me, of um, Chef Fabrizio from the Four Seasons, right? He's got a great restaurant called Capa with some of the best Spanish food I've ever had. So we've got the resort area proper. Then we have our convention center area. Most major cities have the convention center in the heart of downtown. Think of Chicago, Atlanta, New York, not us, right? So we have convention center another distance away from downtown. But with that comes again, some great hotels, some great high-end restaurants. And that's the Sand Lake Road area, which is halfway between Disney and downtown. And the most exciting part about that is that we have Chef Norman Van Aken, who had a restaurant years ago here at the Ritz, is opening up a new restaurant on Sand Lake Road. That's going to be a huge draw for locals as well as tourists there. Then we have the real Orlando, right? right. Orlando, downtown proper, which is broken up to the downtown area, Thornton Park, College Park, and Winter Park is right next door. So right there, we have the most diverse restaurant scene any major city would have. We have a, a great location of um, Asian restaurants, great Vietnamese, Korean, um, Thai food, all in one area. We have really a great high-end restaurants in Winter Park on Park Avenue. Thorn Park is a great area for like trendy cuisine, great bars, walking Lake Eola. If you're looking for like my to-go-tos for restaurants, yeah, I'll give you a, a widespread range of them. So one of the best restaurants of my great friends is uh, James Julie Petrakis from The Ravenous Pig over in Winter Park. The food is always spot on. It's super creative. It's hyper local. But they also edit on a beer garden next door. So they also make their own beer from the Rat Pig Brewing Company. So if wine's not your scene or cocktails, hop over to the um, beer garden next door. They got some really killer uh, pub food, I guess you'd call it. On Park Avenue, we got some of the best pizzas around with um, Prado, with uh, Brandon McLamory, which is a fantastic restaurant. And then, you know, you're looking for sushi. My go-to is Sado Sushi, always in Baldwin Park, always busy. Hard to get a table, but some of the best, most approachable sushi in the area. Nice. Have if you're into cocktails, the courtesy bar, which was once in downtown Orlando, has moved to Winter Park. So they're going to be in a building with a huge coffee plate, Fox Hill Coffee, has great creative coffee drinks. So they've moved there. So the grand opening is this week, probably a Thursday for family and friends. So great cocktails there. If you're looking for a great pizza, again, we have Pizza Bruno, which is by Curry Ford area. It's fantastic. Artisanal pies. Just opened up a second location here in College Park. It's going to be a pasta program and pizza by the slice. You know, we have Indian food, we've got it, Turkish food, we have it, high-end, we have it, casual, we have it, food trucks, we, I mean, we have it all. My well, I, I hope people were taking notes or they're going to have to rewind it if they're planning a trip to Orlando because, yeah, you hit on a lot of great spots, which is absolutely fantastic because, yeah, I, I think there's just this image of Orlando and, and then the castle is right in the center of downtown and that's not the case at all. So exactly. the last thing I want to talk about, which is also interesting, is you do a lot of traveling and you give curated food and wine tours. And tell us a little bit about that. I know you're, you're very busy with the, the kitchen and then you've got your dinners. This, this other element that you kind of a service that you provide. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about it and, and where you've gone to kind of execute. Oh, my program. gosh. You know, tell me, I'm the luckiest boy in the world. So I get to make a living doing the three things I love most, cooking, teaching and traveling. So all three of those is, is what I do. So the company is called Art and Voyage. I got the Oh, there you are. Yeah. So it's based in Cape Town, South Africa. I'm the executive chef for the company. 
So what I do, my trips are very vast. So a typical trip is I'm your private chef on a journey, right? So you might show up in a villa in Umbria. Um, I'm there to greet you and I'm your private chef. So I will do a one or two cooking classes in the villa. I will take you to local markets, the shop for seafood, meat, local produce. We'll come back and do a cooking class together. We'll have a nice meal together. I'll take you to Michelin start restaurants. We go to wineries or private wine tastings. We go to any kind of markets, distilleries, locations I've been to are numerous. Thank God, I'm very fortunate. So my strength or my focus is Italy. I focus heavily on Umbria, Tuscany, Piedmont, and Sicily. Just this year in Rioja and San Sebastian, Spain, Provence, France. I've been to Croatia numerous times. I've been to Cape Town. I've been to New Zealand. I've been to Portugal, numerous locations. Well, I, I, I don't want to ask you about a favorite, but and you said you do kind of do a focus on Italy, but is there one experience that just stands out in your head as just being incredible and you're like, I need to repeat that? Or That is every single person asks me that same question. And my, my answer is kind of corny, but it's like asking your favorite child. Right. right. So I will say, so my top three. So each trip is different in its own nature. So I would think the, the biggest, not bang for your buck, but the best and most experiences you get is going to Cape Town, South Africa, because within that journey, we have three trips. So you stay at Cape Town proper. You get to see whale watching, uh, Penguin Beach, great restaurants, uh, Tabletop Mountain, Table Mountain. And then from there, you venture to Stellenbosch for wine countries. Now we're in the winelands, they call them. Wine tastings, great restaurants, horseback riding. And then from there, we fly to Safari. So it's like three trips all in one. So that is like the biggest bang for your buck. My new are, are they pre-planned trips that you could just sign up for, or are they customized around each individual traveler? We do both. So the trips I do mostly are curated journeys. Mm-hmm. So it's posted on the website. You get to the website, artandvoyage.com. You scroll down and see what you want to do. Itinerary is all set up for you, meaning you just show up, right? You just show right. up and smile, and we take care of you. But with that said, the trips or the excursions aren't like a tour bus. I don't have 40 people with me. The max I do is five couples. So it's very exclusive. Um, you show up and I'm your private chauffeur, your bartender, your chef, your tour guide. And we have an itinerary for you. But just because we say we're doing this one day doesn't mean you have to. If you wake up and say, you know what? I want to stay on property and take advantage of the food or the spa. You stay home. It's your vacation. It's not mine. So it's all about you. It's what you want to do. Fantastic. That's quite a deal. And you yeah. said, say the website again for that, for those trips. Art, A-R-T, and Voyage or Voyage. So it's artandvoyage.com. Well, fantastic. Well, Chef Kevin, I think that's about all we have time for today. And we definitely look forward to hearing what you're going to do next. And I definitely plan on checking out some of these websites for some of these curated events. But thank you so much for joining us. And again, if people want to, can you say it one more time, if people want to see what you're doing and what's coming up, uh, yes. some of your social media. Yeah, so Facebook, it's my name, Kevin Fonzo, F-O-N-Z-O. And then Instagram, it's at Chef Fonzo, C-H-E-F-F-O-N-Z-O. And with that, thank you so much, Chef Kevin. And we'll be right back with more about Orlando. Welcome back, everyone. It's Andy McNeil and Todd Blowworth. Kevin sounds like a really great guy, Todd. He is. He's doing some great things in Orlando. Uh, and he's doing just uh, you know great things with the community as as well as providing um, awesome food. So if you're in Orlando, look him up and set up an experience with him. 
Absolutely. Let's talk about our hotel destination favorites now. There's no shortages of hotels that everyone knows in Orlando. So we chose these because they're great for business, for meetings, both large and small. They're also great destination hotels, a place where you can actually have an experience when you go to Orlando. So let's talk about our first one, Todd. Well, the first one, Orlando does 75 million visitors a year. So you, like you just said, you can find any kind of property that you want, whether it be high-end, star ratings across the board. But the first one, and we selected this one because we've actually had experiences there professionally, and it's the Gaylord Palms Resort and Convention Center. And not only is this, if you've been to any of the Gaylord properties, they are massive. Each wing kind of has its own theme. It's so big. They all have amazing atriums. And they really kind of provide an all-inclusive experience in the property. It's not all-inclusive in terms of food and drinks, yeah. but in terms of the entertainment and everything that you Yeah, absolutely. Find. I mean, this atrium's like four and a half acres large. So just imagine how big that is. Right. So this the Gaylord in the Gaylord Palms actually in Orlando, it opened in 2002 and then they renovated it in 2012. And it's just minutes away from the Disney resorts. So the proximity is great. Yeah. And listen to what it has. It has a spa, fitness center, of course. It has a water park. It has nine separate restaurants. So literally you can stay there all day long, go to the park one day, and then also enjoy another day just at the property itself. Or if you're there for business, you can have meetings there and you can go to one of the restaurants with your guests at night. So just a great choice. Right. And this is this is a four-star resort property. It has 1,700 guest rooms and half a million square feet of meeting space. So it has no shortage of space for large events. And then they also have this restaurant there. I think it's called the Old Hickory Steakhouse, and it's located in the atrium. Yeah. And it's just another great place to get a meal and relax either with your family or after a business meeting, if you're there for for that. Yeah, absolutely. So one of my favorites is the Walt Disney World Swans. We did choose one Disney property. And in the late 80s, Disney was losing lots of hotel room nights to nicer hotels, throughout the Orlando area. So they designed uh, the Dolphin by Michael Graves to be kind of a world-class high-end version of their other hotels. And it really, really is beautiful. I believe Marriott manages it now. Well, and you were talking about the Swan and the Dolphin and they're right next to each other. And I remember when these were being built and they have the big gargoyle sculptures on top. One has the Swans and one has the Dolphins. But again, great locations, great proximity. And uh, combined, they have 333,000 square feet of meeting space. So there's, again, no shortage of that. And it ranks among the highest properties in meeting planner satisfaction scores. So those people that put together all those large meetings and congresses and events at those properties, they're getting some great service to get that kind of ranking. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to the Orlando Center Marriott. This one is known because it's the sheer size. It's 2010 rooms. So if you're looking for doing a big meeting or a huge family reunion, it's a place for you. I remember going there when I was a kid, when my dad went to a dental convention and it just was simply amazing. It's probably the first, the biggest first hotel I've ever been to. 77 meeting rooms, over 317,000 square feet of meeting space. It also has a championship whole golf course. There's just- um, Fox Landing, yeah. Yeah, if you want to do a- great business than the Orlando World Center Marriott is a great choice. And it also has a family-friendly water park. A lot of these large properties have their own water parks, which is really cool. And this one also has a nightly laser show over the pool. So kids can be wowed every night. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So the next one is a relatively uh, new brand for Hilton called Signia. And this is the Signia Hilton Orlando Bonnet Creek. Right. And in 2021, the Hilton Orlando Bonnet Creek, they rebranded it as a Signia by Hilton property. And it was the first Hilton hotel to debut, to debut this new Signia brand. So that's exciting. Everybody's kind of looking to, you know, become more appealing to a younger, hipper traveler sometimes. And Hilton is on their way to doing that. But it's located on 482 acres, the Bonnet Creek Nature Preserve, and it uh, adjoins its sister brand hotel, which is the Waldorf Astoria. Yeah, just a great choice because of the, you feel like you're, well, you are in a nature preserve, but you feel you're kind of out of Orlando. But you have all the amenities. You have got the Waldorf right next door, which was completed in early 2014, which I was really, really impressed with when we stayed there. Also has an 18-hole championship golf course, a lot of them do. So it's just a a great one. And and, if you go there for business, also you can bring your family because it's um, an official Walt Disney World hotel, which offers transportation and early entrance into the Disney parks. And they also have the Waldorf Astoria portion of the hotel has, uh, you can go to Bull and Bear. And that's the first time I went to a Bull and Bear was actually at the Waldorf Astoria up in New York City. So Open Table also named this restaurant one of the top 100 restaurants in the U.S., Great. Well, those wrap up our hotel destination favorites. And folks, there's a lot more than just that, but we wanted to choose ones that were both uh, business friendly and great for the family as well. And those are some great choices. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone, to Destination Everywhere. Andy McNeil, along with Todd Bloodworth. And we were just talking about Orlando. So many great places to stay, so many things to do, even outside the park. You know, we're going to come back and visit Orlando. And let's, Todd, let's do one on just what to do that's not the parks and not the big hotels, because there's so much to do. And it's such a great city and a warm city and a welcoming city, one that everyone should go to at least once in their lives. I completely agree. I love downtown Orlando. I think it offers something completely different. It has much more of a local flair great restaurants, thriving downtown. We'll definitely have to come back and do just downtown Orlando. But that said, you know, we would really like to thank you guys for listening to us today. We'd also like to thank our team here at Destination Everywhere, our copywriters, Louis Pedraza and Kim Jordan, Annie Fernandez, our creative director, Russell McNeely and Louis Pedraza, our podcast producers and the Lightship Studios team. Please make sure to subscribe, rate and review the show on your preferred podcast app or by going to www.destinationeverywhere.com. So we look forward to speaking with you next time on Destination Everywhere. Safe travels. You've just tuned in to another episode of Destination Everywhere with travel and hospitality entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. To access the show notes and other helpful resources, visit www.americanmeetings.com. Join us again next week for another bucket list filled show as we feature another travel worthy destination. Until next time, travel well and be safe out there.